Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic and the Moon podcast. As always, I am your host, David, and this week, I'm back. It's nice to be back. Uh, I took, I'm sure, as you've noticed, a substantial amount of time away from the podcast just to kind of focus on myself and uh, make sure that I you know, was in a good place physically and mentally, and um, thankfully, I'm doing very, very well. I'm happy to be back and have some more time. Um, to do this because I enjoy doing this and I'm really thankful for people that uh, enjoy listening and um, for those of you that have stuck around this long thank you for your patience as I have not posted an episode since uh, I think July so um, I'm glad to be back and for this week's episode I want to talk about something that I see a lot and in my opinion is a pretty significant problem in um, kind of witchcraft and pagan uh, spaces, and particularly those spaces online. And not that this problem is in any way specific to those spaces only, because it can and does happen elsewhere. But uh, I want to talk about misinformation. And of course, misinformation is a problem, you know, that everyone needs to be vigilant for not only, you know, pagans and witches, but I think because um, we participate in spaces that are explicitly religious and spiritual and supernatural, um, we need to be even more discerning and cautious than people that are not in these spaces because that leaves, unfortunately, a lot of room for people to spread misinformation, either knowingly or just out of ignorance. And for people that are perhaps new to exploring paganism or witchcraft who have not had the time yet to develop um, their discernment and to develop proper research skills, it's really easy to be misled and taken advantage of. So what I'd like to talk about here is how you can discern whether information is trustworthy or not, and how we can live in and enjoy a supernatural worldview without falling into um, you know, breaks with reality and falling victim to conspiracy theories. Okay, so this is something that I have talked about in some ways before on the show, but I think it bears repeating, particularly in the context of this episode. But when people ask if something is a sign, um, I saw an animal, um, I saw a black dog, is it a sign? I saw a deer, is that a sign? I saw a bird doing something, is that a sign? So this is my response to that. And this is my response to anything kind of um, around that topic of like trying to ascertain whether or not something is a sign from a spirit or a deity, if something is a supernatural occurrence, things like that. So the first thing that's important to remember is whether it is a vision while you're awake, a dream while you're sleeping, um, if it's an interaction with uh, an animal or a feature of nature that you feel is significant, any and all of those things, right? Those are not things that other people can um, decide for you. Like you can't put that on someone else to determine on your behalf if something is a sign. And the reason I say that is because they're so subjective, especially um within contemporary paganism, because for the most part, with some exceptions, pagan traditions are not organized religions, 
most of the time. People are kind of doing things perhaps in small groups um, with like-minded people in person or maybe, you know, in online communities that are a little bit larger or even just doing things completely solo. So because it's not the same as walking into a Baptist church on the corner where everyone is going to generally believe things that are very similar within paganism, even within the same pagan religions, people might believe and practice things very, very differently. So the reason that it's not very practical to have someone else try to interpret um, or quantify a sign for you is because it's subjective to you. You have your own biases and you have your own internal um, symbolism and imagery that is significant to you that other people just don't have access to because they're not you. So there's that. And again, to specifically point out the way um, pagan religion is not very organized, oftentimes, or at least not very centralized, there is no agreed upon doctrinal statements, even within the same pagan religion. Um, I'll use Hellenism for an example. The theology of individual Hellenists are not necessarily going to be the same. So you have these experiences that you're wondering if it's a significant thing, if it's supernatural, if it's a sign or anything like that. But other people, they don't necessarily know what gods and spirits you have relationships with. And even if they do, they don't know what you're talking to them about, nor should they necessarily, because that's not particularly their business, unless you decide to share it. But you have to decide if something's a sign or not. You have to develop your own ability to be discerning and to be um, critical about these things. And when I say to be critical, I don't mean that we should just dismiss them without thought or just write them off automatically. But it just means, or at least what I mean by it, is to rule out mundane explanations first. So to keep the example simple, um, let's say you see a rabbit. You go outside and you run across this rabbit and you're like, oh, wow, seeing this rabbit, a sign. First thing you want to do is rule out mundane explanations. So in the context of this example with our rabbit, that's going to be where do you live? What animals tend to live in the area where you live? If rabbits are common to where you live, chances are it's probably not of any spiritual significance that you saw a rabbit. You probably just saw the rabbit because they live there and that's their habitat or whatever. Not to say that a local animal can't be a sign, because on one hand, it makes sense, right? Of course, the animals that interact with me spiritually are going to be local because they live where I live. True. So in that case, examine their behavior. So if you just see a rabbit and it looks at you and then runs away, that's pretty standard rabbit behavior, right? That's pretty regular rabbit shit. So that's not anything noteworthy. That's not anything that's really significant enough for you to speculate about its meaning. But if the rabbit locks eyes with you and like runs around you in a loop three times and then like runs away or something, that's a silly example, I know. But that's to say that if they are behaving in a way that is unusual um, or if they're doing something that seems to be like they're specifically trying to get your attention, those things are worth paying attention to. So animals gathering in numbers that are unusual. Um, animals that are maybe doing something that isn't common for them to do. 
also bearing in mind that animals can behave out of the ordinary because of illness or injury. So again, you need to have some common sense and be discerning because, you know, if an animal is just acting really strange, it could be because there's something wrong with them. And that means that that's probably not great to approach them. And really, you shouldn't be approaching wild animals at all. Please, no one listen to this and think that this is me telling you to like, go seek out interactions with wild animals. No, wild animals are wild. They can and will hurt you. Um, observing from a safe distance, right? Anyways, all that to say, take into account, is this a normal part of nature for where I'm living? If it's plant, if it's animals, if it's a weather situation, whatever, are those things normal for where you live and the time of year that it is? If the answer is yes, more often than not, that's going to be probably not a sign. That's just the weather or flora and fauna behaving as they normally should, and you happen to just run across them. If it is something unusual, if it's something that persists, if you're seeing an animal perhaps that is not common to where you live, or if you're seeing them out of season, then maybe it's time to dig a little bit deeper. And these are just examples. So this is not like a textbook that you know covers all bases. This is just a simple, straightforward way you can kind of begin to um, develop a checklist, so to speak, of ways that you can rule things out before assuming that um, you know something spiritual is going on. And the reason that discerning things requires self-awareness is important as well, because unfortunately, and again, not only within paganism and witchcraft, but we have a particular, I think, responsibility to be safeguarded against this, because how do you discern if you're having a supernatural experience, maybe like a dream or a vision, or if you've been visited by a god or a spirit, how do you determine if those things are legitimate or if it is perhaps a mental health problem or a mental health issue? Because a lot of the things that we read about when people have encounters with you know deities or spirits or whatever, it's hearing voices, having visions, feeling like you are out of place, um, you know, having ecstatic experiences or feeling like your spirit has been caught up and taken to a different location, right? Those things can be symptoms of mental illnesses. And I'm not a mental health professional. This is not me saying for certain anything about anyone's state of well-being at all. I'm not diagnosing anyone or anything like that. But this is just to say, as part of ruling out mundane explanations, before you just assume that something is you know, a sign from a God or something, be discerning. Are there mental health problems that you are aware of that you have? If you specifically don't know that you have them, are there any that tend to run in your family? Um, you know, do, does anyone in your family have a history of psychosis or paranoia? Um, and even less extreme things, right? It doesn't have to be anything super severe, but if you are sleep deprived or if you're too tired or if you're too hungry, you can have mild hallucinations. So this is not to make less of the things that people claim to experience. And I absolutely believe that, you know, spirits interact with us in literal ways and that supernatural things can and do happen. But I also want you guys to be discerning and I want you guys to keep your wits about you and I want you to be safe because when we are confident and good at critically thinking and using common sense skills and ruling out mundane explanations, not only is that for your benefit to protect yourself from 
you know, perhaps being taken advantage of or just having, um, cause not only about that, it's not only about being taken advantage of, it's also just, you want to have a grounded spiritual practice based in real life that is healthy. And part of that healthiness of your life and your spiritual life is making sure that you have a solid, healthy foundation to have actual spiritual experiences and that you are not being misled um, or, you know, perhaps getting caught up in something that is not as significant as maybe it actually is. And that's good for you. It's good for your spirituality and just for your life in general. And in a broader sense, it is good for the pagan community because it reduces the spread of misinformation and it safeguards us and people that we share a space with from being taken advantage of or falling prey to conspiracy theories or misinformation. So that's about all I have for you guys on this topic. This is not really like a full length episode and I understand it probably isn't like the most fun thing to listen to, but um, this was just a little bit of a life update for me and letting you guys know that I'm back and the podcast is back and we'll be posting uh, once a week on Mondays. So midnight, um, United States Central Time on Mondays, episodes will go up on Spotify and Anchor, um, which I don't think is called Anchor anymore. I think it's called Spotify for Podcasters, but it'll be on those things, Apple Podcasts, just wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but that is all for you guys right now. Uh, have a lot of really cool, exciting things coming up for the podcast that I'm looking forward to, and I will see you next time.